Today, we're looking at some fits for Kyir Elam. Stay tuned, Buccaneers fans. Why Mike White has got to go. And we'll wrap up by talking about why the Florida Gators women's basketball team could get seeded worse than we initially thought in the Women's March Madness Tournament. Only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharps, funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash Locked on. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. Twitter's WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports. And we're going to talk about Kyir Elam, first of all, who is someone that y'all know by now. I'm a big fan of Kyir Elam. I, I, I love the way he plays. I think he's a first-round player, without a doubt. And uh, I, I think that any questions that people have about him are a little overblown in some situations. But looking at teams that could be a good fit for him, I think first up, you talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, obviously, it's, a, it's an in-state school uh in-state team so that's awesome but i mean we know that the Tampa Bay buccaneers have met with Kyrie elam at the combine we know that they like him that, that's something that john ledger talked about that that they like him and that he likes them a lot and i think when you look at Kyrie elam and his measurables his thresholds you look at arm length and all that fun stuff he's got that length he's got that size and he meets most if not all of their thresholds you also have to look at the current team as it is and i mentioned on saturday's bonus episode it's a team that's going through a lot of change right now and i mean you look at defensively in the secondary carlton davis is an impending free agent that that's just what that is sean murphy bunting's contract is going to be coming up soon there's a lot of stuff happening in this secondary and on this defense right now and they're starting to get backed up against the cap, even with Tom Brady retiring, even with Ali Marpet retiring, even with Rob Gronkowski maybe retiring, probably not coming back to Tampa Bay. But guys like Carlton Davis, who are good NFL cornerbacks, are going to command top dollar. Why? Because it's a passing league. So having a good having a good corner means a lot here. And this is a team where they're they're aging. They're probably going to go through a little bit of a rough time over the next couple of seasons of just trying to get that roster back into playoff form and trying to figure out everything and and seeing what can happen and i mean look if they're a team that brings in someone like jimmy g he's an expensive player so so you're you're back up against the cap and Kyrie elam is someone who could step in right away and allows you to save money instead of re-signing one of their i mean when healthy many talented corners like carlton davis or like sean murphy bunting in the future when he's healthy and performing to the level that we know he can perform to which uh, yeah, it's a little inconsistent at times. Scheme-wise, I know that a lot of people have this concern because Buccaneers run a very zone-heavy scheme. They run man coverage about 22% of the time, so that's 78% of the time they're not in man coverage. And Kyrie Elam, when we talk about him, we're always, he's, he's great press man corner. He could do this, he could do that. This is one, this is the team that will adjust to the needs of their players. And two, He's someone who we saw him play a lot of cover three. You know, with Todd Grantham, this defense a lot was cover three and a lot of Mabel, like cover three, cover one, and Mabel coverage, which means half the sides in cover three, half is in cover one. So 
it's it's a little bit difficult there where you want to say, oh, he's not a great scheme fit. He is. We've seen him play plenty of zone coverage before, and we know he can do it. It might not be the ideal fit, but it's something that we know he can do, and we know he can hold his own at. And who's to say he can't improve with NFL coaching? Because, um, well, to say that he had NFL coaching would be um, a bit of an overstatement. Next is the New England Patriots, who, hey, parallels with the Bucks. Tom Brady, yay. Um, J.C. Jackson, the Patriots' star corner, is expected to hit free agency, and he is commanding Jalen Ramsey money. And I, I think that he deserves it. I don't know if the Patriots will be the team that gives it to him. That's a big thing. And you look at the Patriots as one of the most man-heavy schemes in the NFL, and it's like, well, guess what we always talk about with Kyrie Elam? He is a press man corner. That is where he thrives, and he will thrive in New England. We also know that he was one of the few corners that was confirmed to meet with the Patriots at the NFL Combine this past weekend. He's already the perfect spot with the New England Patriots in terms of an already scheme fit. They don't have to adjust their scheme frame. He's there. Uh, playing time availability, especially if JC Jackson's gone, it's there. Uh, stability in the coaching staff. You know, Bill Belichick will leave when Bill Belichick wants to leave. And I feel like he might be stubborn enough to be like, well, I'm not leaving until I win a ring without Brady because Brady won one without me. Uh, and, and you look at all the notes last week. I spoke about Lance Zerline's scouting report last week on Kyrie. Them included a note from a scout that said he got a bit lazy last year. Patriots know how to maximize talent and know how to keep you from getting lazy. So that will no longer be an issue if Kyrie Elam winds up a New England Patriot in Foxborough. And the final team to talk about today is the Kansas City Chiefs, another man-heavy scheme under Coach Steve Spagnuolo. They like to get a little fun with things. They've got a weakness in their secondary. You know, they're a team that they've needed DBs for years, and they've found guys every now and then. Like, they've got one good safety in Tyran Matthew who could hit free agency. You've got one good corner in Traverius Ward, who, I mean, will likely command a big contract in just a couple of years. So you can add Kyrie Lim right now to that secondary. And last year, we know that the Chiefs gave up a lot of draft capital to fix that offensive line. And they paid to fix that offensive line. Guess what? Your offensive line is fixed. Now you've got to address your other big needs, which, I mean, really is your defense overall, but your secondary specifically. You've got, long, you've got young linebackers stepping up. You've got guys on the D-line that can make some plays. But your secondary, especially if Tyran Matthew leaves, is really lacking. So add Kyrie Elam, and he can be that. I mean, he'd be a great value with their pick at 30. They likely won't need to move up. He's probably going to go in that late first, uh, early, mid-second round kind of pick where, I mean, like the D-line this year really stepped up and blew up the combine, and they're going to get drafted earlier. But your team that's backed up against the cap, you're, I mean, and it's only going to get worse with Patrick Mahomes' contract. So I, I think the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know how you let Kyrie Lim get past 30. if uh, Unless another top corner falls, I don't know how you let Kyrie Lim get past 30 because I still think he's a phenomenal cornerback. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I did. I nailed an NBA prop parlay, which uh, it was Andrew Wiggins over four and a half rebounds on Saturday. Uh, Patrick Beverly didn't play, but I had six assists for him. Uh, it was Dorian Finney-Smith's rebounds on Saturday, and there was one more thing that I cannot remember, but it was someone's points. Uh, for, I think Spencer Dinwiddie was it. BetOnline.net even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device. I love it. You know I do right here. 
BetOnline.net, it's where the game starts. March Madness is just a couple of weeks away now. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're running your brackets. And I have a suggestion, runyourpool.com. I mean, look, you can stick with the ESPN or CBS and do that boring stuff that you're not going to get or that you're not going to get at Run Your Pool, really. But along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool has Pick'em, Survivor. They got all of them fun stuff that you can look at. And if you want to join the whole network and maybe win some money, runyourpool.com slash locked on is the place to be. They've got a pool going where it's free to sign up. And the more people that join, the higher the cash prize. So you can make a lot of money by just doing this bracket and winning. And I mean, who's going to turn down free money? Come on. You can also use code pure madness at checkout. If you want to run a pool for your friends, uh, business, family, whatever it might be, get $10 off. It's free to use free to sign up. Only have to pay if you're setting up your own bracket. But if you go to runyourpool.com slash locked on, you could win a cash prize for free. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Be sure to check out the Lockdown Bracket Breakdown one week from today on March 14th right here on the Lockdown Gators podcast feed and YouTube channel. Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. Will the Gators be there? We'll find out. (laughs) Now we're going to talk about the Gators men's basketball team. And look, the game opened with, an awesome gesture on senior day. It, it was. Uh, Keontae Johnson, who he collapsed on the court against Florida State in December of 2020. He has not played since then, but he got the start on Saturday against Kentucky. It was a ceremonial start as Kentucky and Florida had an agreement, which, by the way, big props to Kentucky for that. That was really dope of them. But they had an agreement where Florida would win the tip, ball would go back to Keontae Johnson. He got to hold the ball one last time hugged his teammates, kissed the court, and then he exited the game because his Gators career and possible basketball career are over. So Anthony DeRuji came in. <laughs> After that, the vibes were not so great in Gainesville. Um, I mean, the crowd was great, so those vibes were great. But uh, poof, the Gators lost the game 71-63 to to Kentucky, and it was much closer than their first game. However, um, I, th- I think that it was just like, Look, it was a game that looked close on paper, but never really felt close, at least at least for me. The Gators lost 71-63 in what was hopefully Mike White's last game as the head coach of the Florida Gators. Uh, but it seemed like every time that the Florida Gators would, would get close, I don't know why I keep saying the full name, but it seemed like every time that Florida would kind of close that gap, Kentucky would go, guess what? We're going to separate again. And it would just keep getting worse. And Kentucky would just continually pull away, pull away and... I mean, I'm going to talk about a Kentucky player first because the man is a freak of nature. He, he's, I think, the best basketball player in college basketball. Oscar Shibwe is just, a, uh, like I said, a freak of nature. 27 points, 14 rebounds, and 11 of 16 shooting. He completely took over twice against Florida. Both games, he took over. He, wow, he had, what, 33 combined rebounds? <laughs> like, like, he's a monster, and they showed a... I forgot who the other player was. It was the dude from Wisconsin that I'm blanking on his name right now. But they showed a graphic, and they were like, "Oh, who should be the player of the the, the player of the year for the for uh, the NCAA?" And it's like Oscar Sheboy, dude. Like no no one else really compares there. Colin Castlin also did have a monster game, uh, much better showing than his first time out against Kentucky, which 
Ooh, especially on the boards, it was rough. But he had 23 points and 11 rebounds on Saturday on 11 of 19 shooting. So he put forth a good performance. Cannot say the same for most of the rest of the Gators team. Flanders Fleming came back down to earth after his, I mean, he went on a tear for a little bit, especially with that Georgia game, but came back down to earth in the worst of ways. Shot 0 for 9 from the field. He did have 7 points as he shot 7 for 8 from the free throw line. And in that second half, he was really attacking the paint of Kentucky. He was just getting into the paint and getting to the line and getting those free throws, which helped. But the Gators just did not show up offensively. It it was rough. Anthony DeRuji was the second on the team in scoring with 10 points. And, I mean, Tyree Appleby and Myron Jones just did not show up. It was like they, they were showing up in the worst ways that they usually do. Defensively, I I will say, because this week, you know, I, I watched the Florida-Kentucky game and how the regular season ended. I was like, let me look at the rest of the season and look at some games. Florida was not as good defensively this year as we like to talk about or as even I spoke about. They're not as good as we've given them credit for. A lot of it has come down to them having one of the slowest tempos in college basketball and slowing things down, which they're very good at because a lot of times whoever dictates the pace dictates the game. And Florida tried dictating the pace as slow as they could. But, I mean, when you look back, it's, it's again, it's not nearly as good as people thought or the stats look because of that tempo and because Colin Kasten has dominated the paint for so much of this season. But, like, when you look at the Florida games, you can't be horrid on offense outside of Colin Castleton and the occasional Tyree Appleby, Flan Fleming, Anthony DeRuji game. You can't be horrid on offense outside of that. And you can't be above average on defense. Those cannot be two things that you do because that leads to you being a bad basketball program, which is what Florida has been this year. And it's what Florida will probably continue to be under Mike White. Um, Look, he's got to go. It's as simple as that. Constantly playing down to competition. Obviously, I'm not referring to the Kentucky game when I say playing down to competition, but I'm talking about the Ole Miss game, the Texas State game, games like that where – Florida just should not be losing those games with little to no improvement as the year went on. You know, this isn't this isn't like women's basketball where we go, wow, they're catching fire at the right time. They're, they're getting so much better after a rough start. No, Florida started the year great with a couple of big wins over bad schools and then just fell off a cliff. It was just, it was awful. And Mike White is a big is a big um cause for that i'll say uh this is a team where senior day was so much of the rotation because there's so many grad transfers this team is built through the transfer portal i mean you can even look at colin castleton and tyree appleby who have been the guys and they're they're transfers so i mean it's it's just it's not something that's acceptable and mike white just has not been able to build a team that you can rely upon or you can trust to really go deep into march madness the future is not bright for Florida basketball if Mike White remains the head coach of the Gators. Um, and, like, he's got to go, and I'm not even talking about the whole the, the fire Mike White shtick or the fire Mike White phrase that we like to use. Um, I'm not talking about that anymore. I'm saying that Mike White has to go. This is not the fire Mike White shtick. This is not any of that. This is if the Florida Gators want to get back to their winning ways – you need to make a change at head coach. That has to be the number one change that gets made because Mike White, like I've said, you're just not good enough for the Florida Gators. I get it. Recruiting is looking promising with five stars and four stars coming in for visits all the time. And 
and a, a couple of commits, but no. Like at, at what point are we just like, oh, he's got a good recruit coming in, so we'll keep him? No, you are not good enough for Florida Gators basketball. That's as simple as I can possibly put it. And Mike White has to go. Otherwise, like I said, when they extended him in the summer, you're committing to mediocrity. That's all it is. Florida continues to get worse and cannot win more than 62% of their games in a season. It's just, it's bad basketball and I'm sick and tired of it. Like, like Mike White is still living off that one good second year that he had. But at this point, Florida Gators, I mean, as a basketball program, you've lost a lot of prestige and Mike White is the cause of that. So you got to fix it and get him the hell out of Gainesville. It's as simple as that. Does anybody else participate in March Madness brackets every year and suck every year? Like, I, I used to crush these things when I was in middle school. And now that I know about college basketball and I watch college basketball, I try to big brain everything and constantly shoot myself in the foot. Stat Heroes NCAA single game pickums pits, pits star players against each other in a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in gamers winning more, their gamers winning four times more often. And why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery of who or what you're going against. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. So they'll, they'll match it 100%. And you get to win. You're four times more likely to win than anywhere else. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D, no space O N, for a 100% match. Terms and conditions do apply. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolution time. And I mean, mine, I didn't even set one this year. You guys know mine always just go right out the window. If yours is about getting fit, or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. I'm really bad at keeping mine every time I try one, so that's why I don't even bother. Every year, my weakness is that I got that sweet tooth, you know, new Haagen-Dazs flavors. Ooh. <laughs> With Built Bar, it's already coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories, just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein. And I cannot recommend Built Bar Puffs enough. I, I know I'm the type of person that, like, I like marshmallows, so it's great. Built Bar Puffs just, just slap so damn hard. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors too, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at Built or BuiltBar.com. The Florida Gators women's basketball team, their, their season is over, or their regular season and SEC tournament seasons are over now. It's just waiting for March Madness. They finished the season 21 in 10. I really had just buzzed through that. They finished the season 21 in 10. They beat Vanderbilt on Thursday in the SEC tournament, their first round. Uh, on It was 53 to 52 in what was an insane comeback, but the price for that victory was Kiki Smith getting injured. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this previously on Friday's episode, I think it was, where it sucked Kiki Smith getting injured. You know, she mentioned that she tweeted, uh, that or post on social that her Gator career is over. She was coach Kiki during Friday's game against Ole Miss. Um, but yeah, she uh, Kiki Smith announced on Thursday night or on Friday morning that her Gators basketball career and her season was over following the knee injury, which I'm assuming means it was a 
tore an ACL or something like that. She she was on crutches on Friday and she was she was hopping around on the sideline. It was great. She was she was very clearly still very committed to this team and very into winning with this team. But obviously, uh, her on role uh, or her on court role was kind of gone uh, against Ole Miss. The Gators just could not get going outside of Zippy Broughton. Zippy had twenty six points and seven rebounds and like you guys know uh i'm a big nina ricards fan i i am i i'm very openly just like a nina ricards stan um but it, it clearly was not her day she shot just two for 14 from the field and i know that on most days i will like i say this about myron jones and tyree appleby all the time You've got to stop shooting if you're shooting two for 14. Figure out another way to help your team. But here's the thing. When we look at this game specifically, just the Ole Miss game specifically, any other day I'd say you got to stop shooting. But going into the Ole Miss game, Kiki Smith was out. Um, and that 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 really sucked. Um, but Kiki Smith was out. A couple minutes into the game, uh, Jordan Merritt took a nasty spill. You know, she was just play, playing paint defense, got hit, took a nasty spill, and kind of whipped and hit hit the back of her head on the court. And it was a bad scene. She was laying on the ground for a few minutes, just holding the back of her head. And then she got walked to the back, and she did not come back out. Um, so Jordan Merritt was out for the game, and I'm assuming, like I, I still haven't seen an official update, but. I'm assuming that uh, that that she got concussed, and that's why she didn't even come back out because you know it can't be by the bright lights, by the loud noises, stuff like that. So I'm I'm assuming that's what it was. So with Jordan Mary out, with Kiki Smith out, I mean we show Lavender Briggs out because <laughs> she transferred. Um, there were only so many options available for the Florida Gators offensively. You know, you look at a lot of the team. Alberta Randall, she she needs to develop a lot still. She's a great spot-up shooter, but that's pretty much all to her game. She's not great driving. She's not great creating for herself. In fact, she looks kind of lost when she's trying to be the ball handler. So you got Zippy Brunton, you got Nina Ricards, uh, Rickards, and that that's about it when you look at the offense. So Faith Dude is not a big contributor offensively. Um, Floor Tunders was dealing with a an, an illness that she was recovering from, so... Yeah, there were only so many options available, so I get it. Nina had to continue putting up shots. And again, most days, if you're 2 for 14, I'd say put the damn ball down, pass it to someone else, do something else. Um, but there, there was only so much that she could do and so many options available for the team. The Gators did lose 70-60 to 60 after, she, after Shakira Austin dominated the entire game. She had a near triple-double with 27 points, 13 rebounds, and 6 blocks. And I mean, yeah, she's just she's just a freak of nature, really. Um, yeah, she she's she's a monster. Um, and I mean, she was eating Rice Krispie treats during the game, and it made me, it, it legitimately after the game made me go buy Rice Krispie treats. So I was like, damn, that sounds good right now. Um, so so yeah, that, that's what Shakira Austin did. And there, there's uncertainty around the skaters team when when we look at the March Madness tournament because. Yes, it's not just it's not just wins losses or quality of wins quality of losses when you look at getting getting seeded in the tournament. And we know that the Florida Gators are going to be in the bracket. There's no doubt about that. With no matter how many injuries, whatever it is, they're still going to be in the tournament. Um, but when you look at seeding, 
it's going to come into play that the Gators have dropped four of their last five, that Kiki Smith is gone. She's done for the season, whatever's left of it. <laughs> um, Jordan Merritt is questionable at this point. If we don't get a clear status for her, that's going to hurt Florida. Uh, if we do get a clear status and it's that she's out, that's going to hurt Florida. So you look at the, the past four or five. You could look at that insane run that Florida had a month and a half ago, but that was a month and a half ago. You look at recently, it, it, it's kind of similar to when you look at pro sports and it's like, what have you done for me lately? That's what you can look at. That's what you can look at with Florida Gators. Dropped four of their last five with the one win being a one-point win against Vanderbilt, who they lost to previously. You look at their roster, Kiki Smith, done. Jordan Merritt, probably done, I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume done until I'm told otherwise. So it's a team where right now things are not as bright as they've looked. It's not a big concern for me either. Like they're dealing with a lot of injuries. They've got a couple of their players playing very well. Also, one thing that we're going to talk about in the offseason that I have to just like get off my chest real quick, why is Nina Ricards always leading in rebounding. Like I, I I get it. That's great to have a guard that can rebound like that. But Faith Dude Floor Tonders, they're on the court and Nina is the one getting all the rebounds. And that's kind of insane to me. Uh but I'm sure I'm sure Kelly Ray Finley will figure it out for next year. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.